what may seem like from the outset a real Christmassy title today, but I do believe the Lord's going to speak to somebody. I believe the Lord is going to speak to multiple somebodies, and I believe by the conclusion of the message today, the title will make sense to all of us, for I feel to speak on this special Christmas Sunday, the right response to rejection. Why don't you just turn to somebody and say, we, we need to know what the right response is to rejection. Tell, find about three people and tell them that. Bless you, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. <clears throat> it is the crux of the story. It's the crescendo of the greatest narrative ever spoken. It's the culmination of the greatest story ever told. We find that in Luke chapter 2 and verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. The she in this verse is Mary. The firstborn son in this verse is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Now, this wasn't just any baby being born. This was not just any child being wrapped in swaddling clothes. For this child, this baby, this Jesus that we are introduced to in the paintings, the pageantry, and the presence at Christmas time is, in fact, all of God manifest in the flesh. Anybody believe that today? This child is more than just a historical figure. He's more than just a person talked about on the pages of literature, for this is God in flesh. This newborn baby boy that Mary was holding in her arms was the one that the writer of Ephesians would write about later on in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 6 and say this, who, who is the one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. That's who this baby was. This child who after his birth needed his diaper changed and needed to be fed like any other child would one day grow up and speak these words. The same baby would grow up to speak words in Matthew 28 and 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. Oh, hallelujah. This one who has been born has power over everyone and everything, for he is in a category all by himself as the only God. He rules over angels. He rules over demons. He rules over every man, every woman, every teenager, and every child. Jesus, this same Jesus, rules over that which is natural and that which is supernatural. He rules over the heavens, and he rules over the earth, and he rules over that which is under the earth. This child that was born is God over all nations and over all kings and kingdoms and princes and queens and countries and lands and governors and presidents. At his word, the storms are calmed. At his word, the crooked is made straight. 
At his word, the sick are made whole and the dead are brought back to life. No, this wasn't just any baby in the manger that day because at his word, the blind are made to see and the deaf are made to hear. And at his word, the sinners are forgiven. I wish somebody believed what I'm preaching right now. And the captives are set free. There's nobody else on the pages of history that can make the claims that Jesus can make because there's nobody else like him because Jesus Christ alone is God. Come on, somebody put your hands together and give him praise if you know who he is today. If, if you know he's more than just a babe in Bethlehem. But he was the Messiah. He was all of God manifest in the flesh and I'm glad I know who he is. And it is because of this reality that it's important for us to remember that Christmas isn't simply about the miracle of his birth, but rather it's about the purpose of his birth. There was a reason why God had to take upon himself flesh and be born into this world, and the purpose of his birth far superseded the miracle of his birth. The reason for his birth is far grander than the fact that a virgin could give birth to him. For miracles would surround Jesus for the rest of his life. But the miracle of the cross and the miracle of the salvation of mankind would be his crowning achievement and the fulfillment of his existence. Christmas is all about a savior who has come. Christmas is a reminder to all of us that a virgin gave birth for a reason and for a purpose. Because he wasn't born so we could give gifts on December 25th. And Mary didn't give birth so we could throw parties and drink eggnog. And the divine wasn't delivered so that we could decorate trees and hang up Christmas lights. But rather he was born for the reason of purchasing our salvation. For forgiving our sins and restoring us back into right relationship with him. Is there anybody glad that God robed himself in flesh, was born of a virgin, allowed himself to be crucified by the hands of sinful men but rise again on the third day? I'm glad he did it for me. I'm glad he did it for you. There's a reason. And and she brought forth her firstborn son. Wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And with this miraculous offering and that most monumental of announcements, we sometimes fail to really process what it says immediately following that statement. For we we are so enraptured by the reality that she has brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. We are so enamored by the fact that God has descended into the lives of humanity and now he lies in a manger and we are so enthralled by the reality of what that means for you and I that many times we just kind of skip over the remaining remaining portion of that verse for it says they laid him in a manger 
Luke 2, 7, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now stay with me now. For if our traditional understanding of this story is accurate, which I believe it to be, then this text illuminates a very stressful and a very distressing moment that led to the time of Christ's birth. I need your minds for a few moments now. Forget the picture. Mary has quite possibly by this point already begun the birthing process. The contractions in her body are becoming more pronounced. The pain in her body is increasing by the minute for it was the time of Christ's birth. And Joseph can't find a place to stay. See, we miss it if we don't think about that. Mary is on the donkey and Joseph notices plainly the tear and the fear in her eyes as he walks up the pathway to the inn, hoping to find accommodations for his family only to be rejected at the door. Now he's made to make that walk of shame back to Mary in order to tell her that he could not provide for them what they needed. We don't know how many inns there were in that town. We don't know how many habitations of accommodation that Joseph inquired about on that particular day, but we do know that every single one of them rejected his request there was no room for them and we know that that feeling of rejection didn't feel good to Joseph because rejection doesn't feel good to anybody can you imagine how he felt especially as a man especially as the husband especially as the provider to have to walk back to where his bride was breathing heavily through her pain in order to inform her that he had been rejected yet again. What he wanted to happen didn't happen. What he wanted to accomplish, he was unable to accomplish. What he wanted to fix for his family in order to make it right, he was unable to fix. He was rejected. Behind the door, he could see the warmth. Behind the door, he could see the flickering flames of the fireplace as they cross and crisscrossed across the wall. And he knew there would be safety and in that room would be warmth. And in that place would be a place of privacy for his wife to give birth. But he was rejected at the door. He could plainly see, plainly see what they needed as he glanced past, not really hearing the words of rejection that was coming from the innkeeper's lips. He could just look back and he so longingly wished he could just bring his family into that room of warmth and safety and privacy, but he was rejected yet again at the door. Now, you got to understand that when Joseph pictured the birth of his first child, this is not at all what he had pictured. 
This wasn't how it was supposed to play out. This wasn't how it was supposed to happen. He saw his wife in comfortable surroundings. He saw his wife giving birth in a peaceful place. He saw his wife in a warm and, and a welcoming environment. And yet what he had pictured in his mind and what he was experiencing with his life were two totally different things. Now all he feels is rejection. And nobody likes the feeling of rejection. Who am I talking to today who knows what rejection feels like? No, it's quiet because rejection is a very personal thing. And I know you don't want to talk about it because rejection is a very personal thing. But somebody in the room knows all too well what it feels like to be rejected. You know what it feels like. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to express it. You might not know, want anybody to know about it. You don't go around posting it everywhere. But you know what it feels like to be rejected. Especially at this time of the year. For one particular aspect of that feeling of rejection shows up in what may be the reality of our family and the reality of our home. For you see the Christmas movies and you see the Christmas cards and you see the Christmas Instagram posts where all the family is together and the, they're harmoniously interacting one with another and they're unified in their familial bond around the crackling fireplace and yet that's not at all what your family looks like right now. For in your family there's drama and in your family there's division and in your family there is Rejection. Maybe it's not your family. Maybe it's another area of rejection that you have experienced in your life. For like Joseph, this is not at all how you pictured your story ending up. This isn't what you pictured your life to be, your future to be. When you saw what you believed your life would become, you never pictured it wrought with so much rejection. Rejected by a spouse, rejected by a child, rejected by a parent, rejected by a job, rejected by a friend. Your hopes rejected, your dreams rejected, your desires rejected, your passions rejected, your beliefs rejected. You know what it's like to feel rejection. I may not be preaching to everybody today, but I am talking to somebody who knows what it's like. Mm. You're not saying amen too loud, but inside you're screaming it because you can so well relate to the preacher today. And it is to you that I have a word from the Lord. For the Lord sent me to tell you today that it is just possible that what you feel is rejection is actually direction. Joseph, 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 you, you can't see it right now, man. 
You can't really see it in the moment, Joseph. But having Mary place your baby boy in a manger is actually a really big In fact, it was such a big deal. Thank you for paying so close attention today to the word of the Lord. It was such a big deal that it had been directed by the Holy Ghost for a long time, Joseph, for your baby to be laid in a feeding trough. I, I, I know, I know, Joseph, you, you can't understand it, but, but the prophet Micah would write some 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus in order to inform us that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. So think with me now, God had at least, even though he knows the end from the beginning and, and, and he doesn't need this amount of time at all, but he has at least a good seven centuries to plan the arrival of his incarnation and to plan it at the right place at the right time and to happen in the exact way he wants it to happen seven centuries for example think think the lord could have easily arranged that a faithful virgin and a just man in the lineage of david to be found in bethlehem in accordance with the prophecy. It was prophesied that they would come to Bethlehem to give birth to the baby Jesus. And so it was that the Lord could have easily found a virgin and a just man in Bethlehem, but instead he chooses Mary and Joseph who live in Nazareth, which was 90 miles and at least a one week's journey from Bethlehem. So how do you get Joseph and how do you get a very pregnant Mary to the prophesied town of Bethlehem? Well, the Lord could have arranged to get them to Bethlehem by some personal means. Maybe a relative got in contact with them that needed them urgently. Or maybe Joseph sees it in a dream. Or maybe there's some private legal or business matter that comes to their attention that can only be dealt with in Bethlehem. But that's not the way the Lord does it. Instead, now, God moved Joseph and Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem by means of an empire-wide census. Now, this is big. In other words, God arranged for the most powerful leader in the entire world at that time to call for there to be a census throughout all the land where everybody had to go back to the place of their birth and register. Now, Brother Tapp, I just, I guess I didn't really pay too close attention to the story. I just assumed that this was a census that happened every year. Like, you know, we do the census every four years or whatever it is. I just assumed this was just an ongoing thing that every year they would have to go do this, but it wasn't. This was the first time this ever happened. That was not the leader of the land's thought to do that. That was God of all heaven. Moving. 
moving all of the pieces of the puzzle into place. And so God arranged for the most powerful leader in the world to give everybody in the empire the direction to go to the town of their birth. So now listen, in light of that understanding, it then becomes ludicrous to think that a God who wields an empire to move one woman from Nazareth to Bethlehem then can't arrange for there to be room in the inn. Planning a bed for God in flesh to be placed on after his birth was far easier than planning a global census to take place. Therefore, when Mary laid him in that manger, we know he was laying in exactly the place that God ordained to be laid. Joseph, I know you're feeling rejection as you usher your pain-stricken wife into that lowly stable. For that stable was the best thing that you could offer and find for your wife. Joseph, I know the sting of rejection is still pounding in your innermost being as you weakly suggest to Mary, hey, Mary, I already feel like a loser for bringing you to the manger or bringing you to this stable. I already feel so rejected in my heart and in my mind, but as I think about where we're going to put the baby, I almost hate, Mary, I almost hate to even tell you there's this old, this old manger over here. And I know what she's going to say. Joseph's think his mind is going. And he knows what he's going to say. Mary's going to say, that's what cows eat out of. You want me to put my baby into a thing that cows eat out of? Because how many know rejection makes you think all kinds of thoughts? And so he almost don't even want to tell her, Brother Ron. He, don't, he almost doesn't even want to suggest it, and yet he looks around, and he can't find anything else. And so with trembling lips and the sting of rejection pounding in his mind, he asks, if I clean it up, Mary, would you want to put Jesus in here after he's born? You can almost see him wiping the tears of rejection that are falling down his face as he does his best to clean the trough. The old corn that is in it, the old hay that is in it, the cow slobber. And you can almost see the tears of rejection. This is the best I could have done for my family. This is not at all what I pictured. This is not at all what I thought it was going to look like. Why didn't anybody let us in the end? Why wasn't there somewhere where we could have went that would have been warm and inviting and comfortable for my wife and now the best I have to offer her is nothing but a trough that cows eat out of to put our baby boy. But Joseph, 
What you don't understand is there's something bigger at play. For what you view as rejection is really the divine direction of the Lord. Joseph, you can't see it. You don't know what's happening. You don't have a clue what's taking place. But Joseph, if your eyes could be open and your understanding could be open, you would see some shepherds watching some sheep. Out on the hillside, out of town. And they're about to have a pretty wild encounter. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. Verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this, this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, comma, Lying in a manger. This must have sounded so wildly scandalous that the shepherds probably didn't think that they heard the angel correctly. He's the savior. He's the deliverer of our of humanity. He's the Messiah. He is the fulfiller of all the promises of God. He's the Lord. He's the one who rules and reigns over all and reigns on high. And you're telling us that this Savior, this Messiah, this Lord is going to be lying in a manger? Yeah. That's the sign you need to be looking for. Because no other babies are going to be lying In a manger. Find the manger and you find the king of all kings. Find the manger and you find the Lord of all lords. <laughs> find the manger and you find the redeemer and the savior of all mankind but you're only going to find him if you look to find him in a manger oh Joseph Joseph I know you don't understand everything Joseph I know you don't get it. I know you're, you're experiencing a lot of rejection right now, Joseph. But what you don't know is that the Lord is speaking to some shepherds that are going to be the first evangelists to proclaim the Messiah to all the world. And in order for them to know where they can find your newborn son, the Lord had to give them a sign that he had established before time even existed. Because just finding a baby in Bethlehem, which was the prophesied place of Christ's birth, would not have been enough. Because there no doubt were many babies in Bethlehem. 
And just finding a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes wouldn't have been enough to know in whom the prophecy had been fulfilled because all the babies in Bethlehem were wrapped in swaddling clothes because that was the custom of the day. But there would have been no other babies wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. No other babies would have been there. So we see. Listen right here. So we see that the sign of fulfilled prophecy was that of a lowly manger. Here we go. Ready? And Joseph, there would have never been a manger in any of the places you wanted to go to. <laughs> Joseph, I know you feel rejected right now. I know that you feel rejected because they turned you away from the inn. But guess what, Joseph? There are no mangers in the inn. Therefore, you had to experience that rejection in order that your life could then be led to the place of fulfilled prophecy. If you never would have experienced that rejection, Joseph, then the shepherds would have never known where to find Jesus. And if you never would have experienced that rejection, Joseph, all that God had planned and orchestrated would have been left unfulfilled. If you never would have experienced that rejection, then the perfect will of God would have never been made manifest in the lives of all humanity. So... So, I need to pause long enough to tell somebody in this room right now that it's just possible that your, your rejection was simply God directing you to the place of fulfilled prophecy for your life. I need some church folks to plug in right now. I don't know that I can explain it fully to you in all the details that God and how God worked it all out. But it took what you went through to get you to where God wants you to be. And if you never went through what you're currently going through, then God's perfect plan for your life could never come to pass. The only reason why some of you are in this service today is because you're going through the greatest season of rejection that you've ever felt in your life. So that lets me know you are not here by accident, but rather the God of all heaven has orchestrated your steps to be here so that he might fulfill his perfect will in your life. Because if you never felt the rejection, you would never be here today. You're here because of of rejection. 
God has so much he wants to do for you and in you and through you, but it took you experiencing some rejection to get you to the place where you would allow him to work his work. Am I making sense to anybody? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And so... In closing, I need to stress the importance of having a right response to rejection. Everybody good today? I need to to stress the importance of not just having a right response, but to having a heavenly response to rejection. I want you to see again what the book says. Church, I need you to plug in right now. I need some church folks to understand the importance of this day to be plugged into the moving of the Holy Ghost. For look at what the book says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 12. The angel speaking and he says, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Stay with me a few more minutes and I'll be done. Remember now, the angel has already told the shepherds that he had good tidings of great joy, but we do not see that heaven responded to that. Then the angel tells them that the Savior, who is Christ the Lord, was going to be born, and yet we still see no response from heaven. But as soon as the angel informs the shepherd that the Messiah was going to be lying in a manger, that word manger no sooner left the lips of the angel until a heavenly host It was like they could no longer contain themselves for that is when heaven burst open and the angels began to give God praise. Why? Why? Watch. They did so because they understood They did so because they understood that the manger was the sign that would be the fulfillment of prophecy. So we see that the earthly perspective of the manger was rejection. But the heavenly perspective of that same manger was that of rejoicing and praising of God. Same manger, same manger, different perspectives. Same manger, but one had an earthly perspective of rejection. But the angels had a heavenly perspective of praise and worship unto the Lord. 
Oh, I feel like preaching for a few more moments uh, and then I'll be done. Uh, What Joseph could not see, uh, the angels in heaven could see uh, and they praised God for it. Uh, What Joseph felt uh, was rejection. Uh, The angels in heaven uh, shouted uh, and gave God praise. So I rise on this Christmas Sunday to inform somebody it's time you get a heavenly perspective today and begin to praise the Lord in the middle of what looks like rejection. I know it's not working out like you thought it was going to work out, but I'm going to go ahead and give God praise anyway. I know it... I know it wasn't if I I didn't script my life to look like this, but I'm going to go ahead and give my God praise. Anyway, everything might not be how I planned it to be, but I'm going to go ahead and rejoice. I'm going to go ahead and clap. I'm going to go ahead and sing. Why? Why? Why are you worshiping? It looks like rejection. I know that's what it looks like on an earthly perspective, but I want to rise above the earthly perspective and get a heavenly perspective so that I can understand that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And even if my steps... Even if my steps take me to a place of rejection, then I need to understand that that's still God working his work in my life. If the God of all heaven is fulfilling the prophetic, through me even if I don't understand it he's fulfilling his promise and he's fulfilling his purpose in what looks like rejection then I have to praise him (laughs) I might not understand it I might not know why my steps have led me down this road. I might not know why my life has gone the way it's gone. I don't know why there's division in my home. I don't know why my kids are acting like they're acting. I don't know why my spouse is doing what she's doing or doing what he's doing. I don't know why nothing's working out like I thought it was working out. I had it planned out. If it would have just did what I wanted it to do, everything would have been all right. I don't know why it's not working like I want it to work. But if God's in it, which I know he is, if God's working his plan, which I know he is, then even when I don't understand it, and even when it looks like rejection, I'm going to go ahead and give God praise. I want to have a heavenly perspective. I want to have a heavenly perspective of rejection so I can give my God praise. 
I wonder somebody all across this auditorium. I wonder somebody in this room right now that walked into this house with the feeling of rejection all over you. Nothing's working out. Nothing's happening. Nothing's doing what you want it to do. My life is not going the way I want it to go. I've been rejected by this and rejected by him and rejected by her and rejected by careers and rejected whatever, 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 rejection, rejection, whatever it looks like in your personal life. I wonder if there will be somebody in the house like Joseph who knows what rejection looks like that could take a moment and say, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. But I know you're working some stuff out. Out on the hillside of my life. You're talking to some people I don't know you're talking to. You're working out some stuff I don't know you're working out. You've had some stuff planned for me before I was even born. When I was in, before I was in the womb, you knew me. And you structured my life and you pattern my life. Woo. Even before I was born, you knew your plan for me. And in order to get me to where you wanted me to go sometimes, I had to experience some rejection. I had to want something really, really bad and not be able to get it. I had to pray for something for hours and not see it become a reality. I had to fast for something that I just knew had to be the will of God only to see it not be fulfilled. And I find myself making my journey down to what I feel is a sad excuse compared to what I saw it could be. And so here I am cleaning up an old trough. Probably kicked that chicken out of the way a little too hard. Might have been a little flesh in that kick. Tears streaming down my face. This is the best. This is the best. This is what you want. This is where you want me to be. This is the place you want me to possess. I saw it so much different than this. I saw it so much different than this. So you brush a little more hay off the trough. And your wife cries one last cry. Your baby's born into the world. Clean him up, wipe him off, wrap him up and lay him in the very spot that is going to fulfill 2,000 years of prophecy.
Because where you are today, even though it doesn't look like what you want it to look like, God is going to accomplish something in you and through you in this place of rejection that is going to bring about the fulfillment of his plan for your life. All across this auditorium, I wonder if somebody could lift your hands. In just a moment, I'm going to open the altar, but not yet, not yet, not yet. I wonder all across this auditorium, if somebody could lift your hands. You could begin to worship, magnify. Why don't you allow your perspective of rejection to move from that which is earthly to that which is heavenly and join with the angels in heaven as they praise and worship and magnify God. But I don't feel like praising. But I don't feel like worshiping. All I feel is rejection. You're exactly who the Lord is talking to right now. He's trying to let you know it's not rejection. It's direction. And if he's directing your life according to his plan and according to his will, isn't he then worthy of your praise? The presence of the Lord is in this house. The presence of the Lord is in this house. I'm going to open this altar right now. I said I want to open this altar right now to every 